through Bible study and music and conversation around the Word, we're preparing our hearts for Holy Week. This is in the studio with Michael Card, and I'm looking forward to this half hour of the program, Michael. We always operate as a three-member team. Mm-hmm. Two voices are heard on air most often, but the third voice, our producer, joins us in the studio for this half yeah, hour. And, and what people need to know is uh, the selection of topics and scripture passages, the the person that con- contacts all the guests and, and does all the real work is uh, right now very uncomfortably that is sitting sure. sitting in front of the glass, he said, Mr. Joe Carlson. It is an honor to be with you yeah, guys. Thank if it you. wasn't that you were, both of you were such good friends, I wouldn't <laughs> even dare to come out here. Well, Michael's right. Um, the way you guide us in our study of the Word is uh, is great, right. and we're just happy to have you here, part of this discussion now, Joe. And the reason we both, Wayne and I both wanted you to come out was that you were so passionate in talking about this passage. So right. we said, come on, sit down. <laughs> And do it. So let's look at several passages here in the next few minutes. So starting with Psalm 22, explain the background of this psalm a little bit, Michael. Well, um, uh, a lot of people don't realize that there is a more accurate, uh, visceral description of the crucifixion of Jesus in the Old Testament than there is in the New. I mean, the Old Testament is so much a book that prepares us to meet Jesus. And one of the most amazing of those passages is Psalm 22 one of the suffering servant of the Lord passages, which some people believe Jesus quoted from the cross Mm -hmm. because it begins, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So uh, I want to ask you to just read that and let us, uh, as we prepare, seek to prepare our hearts for uh, Holy Week. Let's let that process begin with the hearing of this psalm. And we were trying to decide how much of this psalm should be read, and we decided you have to read all of it really to get its full impact. So, all right, Psalm 22 from the New Living Translation. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why do you remain so distant? Why do you ignore my cries for help? Every day I call to you, my God, but you do not answer. Every night you hear my voice, but I find no relief. Yet you are holy. The praises of Israel surround your throne. Our ancestors trusted in you, and you rescued them. You heard their cries for help and saved them. They put their trust in you and were never disappointed. But I am a worm and not a man. I am scorned and despised by all. Everyone who sees me mocks me. They sneer and shake their heads, saying, Is this the one who relies on the Lord? Then let the Lord save him. If the Lord loves him so much, let the Lord rescue him. Yet you brought me safely from my mother's womb and led me to trust you when I was a nursing infant. I was thrust upon you at my birth. You have been my God from the moment I was born. Do not stay so far from me, for trouble is near, and no one else can help me. My enemies surround me like a herd of bulls. Fierce bulls of Bashan have hemmed me in. Like roaring lions attacking their prey, they come at me with open mouths. My life is poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax, melting within me. My strength has dried up like sun-baked clay. My tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth. You have laid me in the dust and left me for dead. My enemies surround me like a pack of dogs. An evil gang closes in on me. They have pierced my hands and feet. I can count every bone in my body. My enemies stare at me and gloat. They divide my clothes among them and throw dice for my garments. O Lord, do not stay away. You are my strength. Come quickly to my aid. Rescue me from a violent death. Spare my precious life from these dogs. Snatch me from the lion's jaws and from the horns of these wild oxen. 
Then I will declare the wonder of your name to my brothers and sisters. I will praise you among all your people. Praise the Lord, all you who fear him. Honor him, all you descendants of Jacob. Show him reverence, all you descendants of Israel. For he has not ignored the suffering of the needy. He has not turned and walked away. He has listened to their cries for help. I will praise you among all the people. I will fulfill my vows in the presence of those who worship you. The poor will eat and be satisfied. All who seek the Lord will praise him. Their hearts will rejoice with everlasting joy. The whole earth will acknowledge the Lord and return to him. People from every nation will bow down before him. For the Lord is king. He rules all the nations. Let the rich of the earth feast and worship. Let all mortals, those born to die, bow down in his presence. Future generations will also serve him. Our children will hear about the wonders of the Lord. His righteous acts will be told to those yet unborn. They will hear about everything he has done. That's Psalm 22. Joe, when you hear of these details, piercing of the hands and feet, uh, dividing the clothes, throwing dice for his garments, I mean, and realize that this was written, what, 600 years before the crucifixion? Mm. And what does that do? It makes me think that God doesn't have any detail out of his control. Mm. I mean, that he can, he can have someone articulate that hundreds of years beforehand these things were not something that just were thrown together. Mm. From the foundations of the, of the world. world. Yeah, Jesus was crucified. Yeah. He's not bound by time and space. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Just thinking about it gives you a shudder, really. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, I, I can remember, uh, you know, in, in vividly the first moment as a young man that I ever read that and flipping back and forth in the Bible and just going, hmm. you know, that, that, that the Lord allowed David... To, and I don't know how he experienced this, whether it was a vision or, or maybe he was writing what he didn't even know. I mean, who, I, who knows? Yeah. But, but to have had a window into the suffering, and this is not the only psalm. Psalm 69 is another wonderful psalm that, that talks uh, from the inside of what it was like to be crucified. Hmm. I was aware of both of you while I was reading. Isn't that, I mean, I was aware that it was having an impact on Oh, yeah, him. yeah. I mean, what was the first verse again? My God, my, my God, God, why have you forsaken me? Just yeah. think about that. That uh, In Romans 9, Paul talks about his passion for his fellow brothers is that he'd be willing to suffer uh, eternal torment, separation mm. from Christ eternally mm-hmm. for his brethren. But yet, when you think about it, that's what Christ has done for us. And that's hell. It's hell. Separation from God. That's what hell is. And and uh, what is Habakkuk says, his eyes are too pure to look upon sin. And what happens? Mm-hmm. Jesus becomes sin. And when when Jesus says, why have you forsaken me? It's And people have, have disagreed vehemently with this. But I think it's per- precisely because God forsook him. Mm-hmm. He became sin. And, and when we say in the creed, he descended into hell, he descended into being separated from God for the only time in all eternity, which is the price to pay for sin, which now we never have to experience. When you read that from Paul, though, and you hear him say that, and and you read it in the text and you go, who would ever say anything so passionate and almost so foolish? But yet that is exactly what what Christ has done for me. Yeah. You know, and before we have another passage read, Michael has got a song based in the Psalm 
22 called Death of the Sun. Mm-hmm. And I think it would be great if, Michael, you could do that for mm-hmm. us now. And what people need to know is they hear the song, La Masa Bakhtani, is the Aramaic yes. uh, for, you know, my God, my God, why have you forsaken That's me? recorded in Scripture. That's what Christ cried from the cross. Mm-hmm. All right. Death of a Sun is the song. Here's Michael Card. Why are you so far from saving me, so far from the words of my groaning? By night and by day I cry out in pain, so why do you not answer? Yet you are enthroned as the Holy One, and you are Father's trusted. They cried out to you and were saved. They were never disappointed. I am a worm and no longer a man. They have pierced my feet and hands. I looked for comforters but found none. Oh, how could you forsake me? Oh, my strength, come quickly, come. Come now, O Lord, and save me. For you would never despise or disdain the suffering of the afflicted. In the congregation I will proclaim that from the grave you lifted me. Well, that takes us right to the moment, doesn't it? Thank you, Michael, for singing that here for us today. We've talked about Psalm 22 and Psalm 69. I have to say that it was Isaiah 53 as a young person that really mm-hmm. got my attention about this. The very fact that it would be written these centuries mm-hmm. before it actually happened just always fascinated me and still does. I mean, it's still a mystery, isn't it? Yeah, and it, it's as if it were written by an eyewitness uh, who was actually watching right. uh, in, in every detail uh, the crucifixion of Jesus take place. And I, I was just turning to it, Wayne, and even before uh, in the, the end of uh, Isaiah 52 says uh, that um, says many were amazed when they saw him beaten and bloodied, so disfigured one would scarcely know he was a person. Hmm. And he will again startle many nations. Kings will stand speechless in his presence, for they will see what they had not previously been told about. They will understood what they had not heard about. And then Isaiah 53 happens. Who has believed our message? Well, Joe, let's ask Michael to read Isaiah 53. Um, But let's do it this way. Recently, uh, Phil Nash, our friend, Michael's good friend, was in the studio here Mm -hmm. and sat down at the piano with... uh, This comes from Bach, right? Uh, From the St. Matthew's Passion. The melody is, O sacred head now wounded. Here's Phil Nash at the piano. Michael Card reading Isaiah 53. 
Who has believed our message? To whom will the Lord reveal his saving power? My servant grew up in the Lord's presence like a tender green shoot, sprouting from a root in dry and sterile ground. There was nothing beautiful or majestic about his appearance, nothing to attract us to him. He was despised and rejected, a man of sorrows, acquainted with bitterest grief. We turned our backs on him and looked the other way when we went by. He was despised, and we did not care. Yet it was our weaknesses he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. And we thought his troubles were a punishment from God for his own sins. But he was wounded and crushed for our sins. He was beaten that we might have peace. He was whipped and we were healed. All of us have strayed away like sheep. We have left God's paths to follow our own. Yet the Lord laid on him the guilt and sins of us all. He was oppressed and treated harshly, yet he never said a word. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep is silent before the shearers, he did not open his mouth. From prison and trial they led him away to his death. But who among the people realized that he was dying for their sins, that he was suffering their punishment? He had done no wrong, and he never deceived anyone. But he was buried like a criminal. He was put in a rich man's grave. But it was the Lord's good plan to crush him and fill him with grief. Yet when his life is made an offering for sin, he will have a multitude of children, many heirs. He will enjoy a long life, and the Lord's plan will prosper in his hands. When he sees all that is accomplished by his anguish, he will be satisfied. And because of what he has experienced, my righteous servant will make it possible for many to be counted righteous, for he will bear all their sins. I will give him the honors of one who is mighty and great because he exposed himself to death. He was counted among those who were sinners. He bore the sins of many and interceded for sinners. I've needed the moment just to think. If we're going to prepare ourselves for Holy Week, what we have to prepare for is to find ourselves standing before the cross of Jesus. Exactly. And that's what these uh, these Old Testament passages are meant to do. Because when we turn to the Gospels, all we're going to read is, and there they crucified him. You know, and then they crucified him. I mean, that's the so crucifixion. So we don't have that much detail there Almost, doing the Gospels. But wasn't just common no for them in that time crucifixion, they would have all understood what it meant. Sure, absolutely. So they didn't need all the details. It was yeah. kind of the reality of their day. And some of the details we see then, uh, you know, after, I mean, Jesus, there's no detail that he was nailed to the cross, hands and feet, not in the, in the Gospels. But after his resurrection, we see him showing people his hands and feet and his side where he was wounded. And uh, But it's Psalm 22 that says, they've pierced my hands and feet, right. not Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. Um 
And it is amazing. It is a timeless thing. It's. Uh, I just now understood what you said earlier, Wayne. It is a timeless thing. We're outside of time here. And so maybe what we need to pray as we as we come to Holy Week is that we can join, you know, the Lord in that place outside of time mm-hmm. and stand before that cross and realize uh, the way people like Rem- Rembrandt realized that we nailed him to that cross. Yeah. It's a frightening place to stand, though. Yeah. Every new revelation of Jesus is frightening, I think. Mm. Yeah, I think it is that way. Let's continue this meditation. Um, Another song from you, Michael. This is called Cross of Glory. From the pages of the prophets He stepped out into the world And walked the earth lowly majesty Though he had been creator a creature now was he Come to bear love's sacred mystery He the truth was called a liar The only lover hated so He was many times a martyr Before he died Forsaken by the Father Despised by all the world He alone was born to be the crucified
And it was certainly Christ's love for us that won the victory that day and for all time as we know it. Michael Card here with Cross of Glory. Um, This is just a a time when we're gathered together in the studio as friends, uh, Joe Carlson and Michael Card and myself, just to help you think through preparing spiritually for the week to come. And Joe, I know that you've got another passage in Ephesians that fits right in. And it seems like it's a strange passage to to an unusual source for a preparation for Holy Week. But Mm. I stumbled on this as I was reading through the New Testament uh, a couple weeks ago, especially through the uh, epistles of Paul. And he has some great prayers. And I hit this prayer and it, it just hit me. And I've been going back to this continually. I'd like to read it for you. It's in uh, Ephesians chapter 3, starting in verse 14. Paul prays, when I think of the wisdom and scope of God's plan, I fall on my knees and pray to the Father, mm. the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he will give you mighty inner strength through his Holy Spirit. And I pray that Christ will be more and more at home in your hearts as you trust in him. May your roots go down deep into the soil of God's marvelous love. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, how deep his love is really is. May you experience the love of Christ. Though it is so great, you will never fully understand it. Then you will be filled with the fullness of life and the power that comes from God. Hmm. Once again, the living word just Hmm. reaches out and grabs us, doesn't it? And those dimensions, the the width and the depth and the height, Hmm. those are exactly measured in the cross. You know, the height and the depth and the stretched out arms of Jesus and and all the rest. That's God telling us he loves us. This is how much he loves us. And now nothing can separate us from that love. Nothing. Nothing. Yeah. Joe, thank you yeah, for stepping from the control us. room to the studio today. And Michael, would you close our time thanking God for this sacrifice yeah. of love? Lord Jesus, um, we come to you desiring to, to prepare for something that I... I don't know we can, if we can ever be prepared for, but uh, we want to encounter you in a fresh way this Easter. Uh, and I do pray, Lord, uh, by your name, that you would allow each one of us to find ourselves uh, painful as it is, uh, standing before that cross uh, and seeing and realizing just how, how high and how wide and how deep is your love for us. Uh, Thank you for my my brothers. Uh, Thank you for Wayne, Lord, for Joe. And and, uh, I know how much um, speaking your word and encouraging your saints means to them. So I thank you for them and for this time together. And for everyone who's listening at this point, uh, Lord, I would just pray a blessing that you would uh, be unusually uh, present uh, to them this Easter and that we, we all might discover you in a fresh way, in a new way, because we need you. We need you so much. So, Lord, we ask you that in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Amen. What a great way to approach the coming week. Thank you, Michael. And thank you for joining us in the studio with Michael Card. We invite you to get in touch with us and let us know what you think of today's conversation. You can send your comments, Bible questions, and prayer requests to in the studio at michaelcard.com. Again, that's in the studio at michaelcard.com. And more information about this program can be found easily on the web at www.michaelcard.com. And when you join us, be sure to check out how you can access Michael's new e-journal feature in a section we call The Community. And if you'd like to go back and listen again to this broadcast, then go to our radio page for the audio archive. CD copies or printed transcripts of this or any in-the-studio program are also available to order. And a complete listing of Michael's music and books, including his latest CD project, A Fragile Stone, can be found online. Just click for all the details when you stop by michaelcard.com. That's www.michaelcard.com. And don't forget to join us again next week at the same time as we remember our Lord's death and celebrate the reality of His resurrection. Our program engineer, Kenny Ferris. Our producer, Joe Carlson. I'm Wayne Shepherd. Thanks for being with us in the studio with Michael Card. In the studio with Michael Card is a production of Community Broadcasting and the Moody Broadcasting Network. Through Bible study and music and conversation around the Word, we're preparing our hearts for Holy Week. This is in the studio with Michael Card, and I'm looking forward to this half hour of the program, Michael. We always operate as a three-member team. Mm-hmm. Two voices are heard on air most often, but the third voice, our producer, joins us in the studio for this half yeah, hour. And, and what people need to know is uh, the selection of topics and scripture passages, the the person that con- contacts all the guests and, and does all the real work is uh, right now very uncomfortably that is sitting, sure. sitting in front of the glass, he said, Mr. Joe Carlson. It is an honor to be with you yeah, guys. Thank if it you. wasn't that you were, both of you were such good friends, I wouldn't <laughs> even dare to come out here. Well, Michael's right. Um, the way you guide us in our study of the Word is uh, is great, right. and we're just happy to have you here, part of this discussion now, Joe. And the reason we both, Wayne and I both wanted you to come out was that you were so passionate in talking about this passage. So right. we said, come on, sit down. <laughs> And do it. So let's look at several passages here in the next few minutes. So starting with Psalm 22, explain the background of this psalm a little bit, Michael. Well, um, uh, a lot of people don't realize that there is a more accurate, uh, visceral description of the crucifixion of Jesus in the Old Testament than there is in the New. I mean, the Old Testament is so much a book that prepares us to meet Jesus. And one of the most amazing of those passages is Psalm 22 one of the suffering servant of the Lord passages, which some people believe Jesus quoted from the cross because Mm -hmm. it begins, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So uh, I want to ask you to just read that and let us, uh, as we prepare, seek to prepare our hearts for uh, Holy Week. Let's let that process begin with the hearing of this psalm. And we were trying to decide how much of this psalm should be read, and we decided you have to read all of it really to get its full impact. So, all right, Psalm 22 from the New Living Translation. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why do you remain so distant? Why do you ignore my cries for help? Every day I call to you, my God, but you do not answer. Every night you hear my voice, but I find no relief. Yet you are holy. 
The praises of Israel surround your throne. Our ancestors trusted in you, and you rescued them. You heard their cries for help and saved them. They put their trust in you and were never disappointed. But I am a worm and not a man. I am scorned and despised by all. Everyone who sees me mocks me. They sneer and shake their heads, saying, Is this the one who relies on the Lord? Then let the Lord save him. If the Lord loves him so much, let the Lord rescue him. Yet you brought me safely from my mother's womb and led me to trust you when I was a nursing infant. I was thrust upon you at my birth. You have been my God from the moment I was born. Do not stay so far from me, for trouble is near, and no one else can help me. My enemies surround me like a herd of bulls. Fierce bulls of Bashan have hemmed me in. Like roaring lions attacking their prey, they come at me with open mouths. My life is poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax, melting within me. My strength has dried up like sun-baked clay. My tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth. You have laid me in the dust and left me for dead. My enemies surround me like a pack of dogs. An evil gang closes in on me. They have pierced my hands and feet. I can count every bone in my body. My enemies stare at me and gloat. They divide my clothes among them and throw dice for my garments. O Lord, do not stay away. You are my strength. Come quickly to my aid. Rescue me from a violent death. Spare my precious life from these dogs. Snatch me from the lion's jaws and from the horns of these wild oxen. Then I will declare the wonder of your name to my brothers and sisters. I will praise you among all your people. Praise the Lord, all you who fear him. Honor him, all you descendants of Jacob. Show him reverence, all you descendants of Israel. For he has not ignored the suffering of the needy. He has not turned and walked away. He has listened to their cries for help. I will praise you among all the people. I will fulfill my vows in the presence of those who worship you. The poor will eat and be satisfied. All who seek the Lord will praise him. Their hearts will rejoice with everlasting joy. The whole earth will acknowledge the Lord and return to him. People from every nation will bow down before him. For the Lord is king. He rules all the nations. Let the rich of the earth feast and worship. Let all mortals, those born to die, bow down in his presence. Future generations will also serve him. Our children will hear about the wonders of the Lord. His righteous acts will be told to those yet unborn. They will hear about everything he has done. That's Psalm 22. Joe, when you hear of these details, piercing of the hands and feet, uh, dividing the clothes, throwing dice for his garments, I mean, and realize that this was written, what, 600 years before the crucifixion? Mm. And what does that do? It makes me think that God doesn't have any detail out of his control. Mm. I mean, that he can, he can have someone articulate that hundreds of years beforehand these things were not something that just were thrown together. Mm. From the foundations of the, of the world. world. Yeah, Jesus was crucified. Yeah. He's not bound by time and space. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Just thinking about it gives you a shudder, really. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, I, I can remember, uh, you know, in, in vividly the first moment as a young man that I ever read that and flipping back and forth in the Bible and just going, hmm. you know, that, that, that the Lord allowed David 
to, and I don't know how he experienced this, whether mm-hmm. it was a vision or, or maybe he was writing what he didn't even know. I mean, who, I, who knows? Yeah. But, but to have had a window into the suffering, and this is not the only psalm. Psalm 69 is another wonderful psalm that, that talks uh, from the inside of what it was like to be crucified. Mm. I was aware of both of you while I was reading. Isn't that, I mean, I was aware that it was having an impact on Oh, yeah. You. Yeah. Wait, what was the first verse again? My God, my, my God, God, why have you forsaken me? Just yeah. think about that. That uh, in Romans 9, Paul talks about his passion for his fellow brothers is that he'd be willing to suffer uh, eternal torment, separation mm-hmm. from Christ eternally mm-hmm. for his brethren. But yet, when you think about it, that's what Christ has done for us. And that's hell. It's hell. Separation from God. That's what hell is. And and uh, what is Habakkuk says, his eyes are too pure to look upon sin. And what happens? Mm-hmm. Jesus becomes sin. And when when Jesus says, why have you forsaken me? It's And people have, have disagreed vehemently with this. But I think it's per- precisely because God forsook him. Hmm. He became sin. And, and when we say in the creed, he descended into hell, he descended into being separated from God for the only time in all eternity, which is the price to pay for sin, which now we never have to experience. When you read that from Paul, though, and you hear him say that, and and you read it in the text and you go, who would ever say anything so passionate and almost so foolish? But yet that is exactly what what Christ has done for me. Yeah. You know, Wayne, before we have another passage read, Michael has got a song based in the psalm, 22 called Death of the Son. Mm-hmm. And I think it would be great if, Michael, you could do that for mm-hmm. us now. And what people need to know is they hear the song, La Masa Bakhtani, is the Aramaic yes. uh, for, you know, my God, my God, why have you forsaken That's me? That's recorded in scripture. That's what Christ cried from the cross. Mm-hmm. All right. Death of a Son is the song. Here's Michael Card. Why are you so far from saving me, so far from the words of my groaning? By night and by day I cry out in pain, so why do you not answer? And you are enthroned as the Holy One, and you are Father's trusted. They cried out to you and were saved They were never disappointed I am a worm and no longer a man They have pierced my feet and hands I looked for comforters but found none Oh, how could you forsake me? Oh, my strength, come quickly, come. Come now, O Lord, and save me. For you would never despise or disdain the suffering of the afflicted. In the congregation I will proclaim that from the grave you lifted me. Sabakthani. They gave me vinegar to drink. Lama Sabakthani. 
takes us right to the moment, doesn't it? Thank you, Michael, for singing that here for us today. We've talked about Psalm 22 and Psalm 69. I have to say that it was Isaiah 53 as a young person that really Mm -hmm. got my attention about this. The very fact that it would be written these centuries Mm -hmm. before it actually happened just always fascinated me and still does. I mean, it's still a mystery, isn't it? Yeah. And it's as if it were written by an eyewitness uh, who was actually watching uh, in, in every detail uh, the crucifixion of Jesus take place. And I, I was just turning to it, Wayne, and even before uh, in the, the end of uh, Isaiah 52 says uh, that... Um says, many were amazed when they saw him beaten and bloodied, so disfigured, one would scarcely know he was a person. Hmm. And he will again startle many nations. Kings will stand speechless in his presence, for they will see what they had not previously been told about. They will understood what they had not heard about. And then Isaiah 53 happens. Who has believed our message? Well, Joe, let's ask Michael to read Isaiah 53, Um, but let's do it this way. Recently, uh, Phil Nash, our friend, Michael's good friend, was in the studio here Mm -hmm. and sat down at the piano with, uh, this comes from Bach, right? Uh, From the St. Matthew's Passion. The melody is, O sacred head now wounded. Here's Phil Nash at the piano, Michael Card reading Isaiah 53. Who has believed our message? To whom will the Lord reveal his saving power? My servant grew up in the Lord's presence like a tender green shoot, sprouting from a root in dry and sterile ground. There was nothing beautiful or majestic about his appearance, nothing to attract us to him. He was despised and rejected, a man of sorrows, acquainted with bitterest grief. We turned our backs on him and looked the other way when we went by. He was despised, and we did not care. Yet it was our weaknesses he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. And we thought his troubles were a punishment from God for his own sins. But he was wounded and crushed for our sins. He was beaten that we might have peace. He was whipped, and we were healed. All of us have strayed away like sheep. We have left God's paths to follow our own. Yet the Lord laid on him the guilt and sins of us all. He was oppressed and treated harshly, yet he never said a word. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep is silent before the shearers, he did not open his mouth. From prison and trial they led him away to his death. But who among the people realized that he was dying for their sins, that he was suffering their punishment? He had done no wrong, and he never deceived anyone. But he was buried like a criminal. He was put in a rich man's grave. But it was the Lord's good plan to crush him and fill him with grief. Yet when his life is made an offering for sin, he will have a multitude of children, many heirs. He will enjoy a long life, and the Lord's plan will prosper in his hands. When he sees all that is accomplished by his anguish, he will be satisfied. And because of what he has experienced, my righteous servant 
will make it possible for many to be counted righteous, for he will bear all their sins. I will give him the honors of one who is mighty and great, because he exposed himself to death. He was counted among those who were sinners. He bore the sins of many and interceded for sinners. I've needed the moment just to think. If we're going to prepare ourselves for Holy Week, what we have to prepare for is to find ourselves standing before the cross of Jesus. Exactly. And that's what these uh, these Old Testament passages are meant to do. Because when we turn to the Gospels, all we're going to read is, and there they crucified him. You know, and then they crucified him. I mean, that's the so crucifixion. we don't have that much detail there during almost, the Gospels. But wasn't this common no for them in that time crucifixion, they would have all understood what it meant. Sure, absolutely. So they didn't need all the details. It was yeah. kind of the reality of their day. And some of the details we see then, uh, you know, after, I mean, Jesus, there's no detail that he was nailed to the cross, hands and feet, not in the, in the Gospels. But after his resurrection, we see him showing people his hands and feet and his side where he was wounded. And uh, But it's Psalm 22 that says, they've pierced my hands and feet, right. not Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. Um and it is amazing. It is a timeless thing. It's. Uh, I just now understood what you said earlier, Wayne. It is a timeless thing. We're outside of time here, and so maybe what we need to pray, as we as we come to Holy Week, is that we can join, you know, the Lord in that place outside of time, mm-hmm. and stand before that cross and realize, uh, the way people like Rem- Rembrandt realized that we nailed him to that cross. Mm-hmm. It's a frightening place to stand, though. Yeah. Every new revelation of Jesus is frightening, I think. Mm. Yeah, I think it is that way. Let's continue this meditation. Um, Another song from you, Michael. This is called Cross of Glory. From the pages of the prophets He stepped out into the world And walked the earth lowly majesty Though he had been creator a creature now was he Come to bear love's sacred mystery He the truth was called a liar The only lover hated so He was many times a martyr Before he died Forsaken by the Father Despised by all the world He alone was born to be the crucified Hold him 
certainly Christ's love for us that won the victory that day and for all time as we know it. Michael Card here with Cross of Glory. Um, This is just a a time when we're gathered together in the studio as friends, uh, Joe Carlson and Michael Card and myself, just to help you think through preparing spiritually for the week to come. And Joe, I know that you've got another passage in Ephesians that fits right in. And it seems like it's a strange passage to to, an unusual source for a preparation for Holy Week, but mm. I stumbled on this as I was re- reading through the New Testament uh, a couple weeks ago, re- especially through the uh, epistles of Paul, and he has some great prayers. And I hit this prayer, and it, it just hit me, and I've been going back to this continually. And I'd like to read it for you. It's in uh, Ephesians chapter 3, starting in verse 14. Paul prays, When I think of the wisdom and scope of God's plan, I fall on my knees and pray to the Father. Mm the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he will give you mighty inner strength through his Holy Spirit. And I pray that Christ will be more and more at home in your hearts as you trust in him. May your roots go down deep into the soil of God's marvelous love. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, how deep his love really is. Mm. May you experience the love of Christ. Though it is so great, you will never fully understand it. Then you will be filled with the fullness of life and the power that comes from God. Mm. Once again, the living word just mm. reaches out and grabs us, doesn't it? And those dimensions, that the the width and the depth and the height, mm. those are exactly measured in the cross. Mm. You know, the height and the mm. depth and the stretched out arms of Jesus and, and all the rest. That's God telling us he loves us. This is how much mm. he loves us. And now nothing can separate us from that love. Nothing. Nothing. Yeah. Joe, thank you yeah, for stepping like to be from the control us. room to the studio today. And Michael, would you close our time? thanking God for this sacrifice of love. Lord Jesus, um, we come to you desiring to to prepare for something that I I don't know if we can ever be prepared for, but uh, we want to encounter you in a fresh way this Easter. 
and I do pray, Lord, uh, by your name, that you would allow each one of us to find ourselves uh, painful as it is, uh, standing before that cross uh, and seeing and realizing just how how high and how wide and how deep is your love for us. Uh, thank you for my, my brothers. Uh, thank you for Wayne, Lord, for Joe. And, and uh, I know how much um, speaking your word and encouraging your saints means to them. So I thank you for them and for this time together. And for everyone who's listening at this point, uh, Lord, I would just pray a blessing that you would uh, be unusually uh, present uh, to them this Easter and that we, we all might discover you in a fresh way, in a new way, because we need you. We need you so much. So, Lord, we ask you that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. What a great way to approach the coming week. Thank you, Michael. And thank you for joining us in the studio with Michael Card. We invite you to get in touch with us and let us know what you think of today's conversation. You can send your comments, Bible questions, and prayer requests to in the studio at michaelcard.com. Again, that's in the studio at michaelcard.com. And more information about this program can be found easily on the web at www.michaelcard.com. And when you join us, be sure to check out how you can access Michael's new e-journal feature in a section we call The Community. And if you'd like to go back and listen again to this broadcast, then go to our radio page for the audio archive. CD copies or printed transcripts of this or any in-the-studio program are also available to order. And a complete listing of Michael's music and books, including his latest CD project, A Fragile Stone, can be found online. Just click for all the details when you stop by michaelcard.com. That's www.michaelcard.com. And don't forget to join us again next week at the same time as we remember our Lord's death and celebrate the reality of His resurrection. Our program engineer, Kenny Ferris. Our producer, Joe Carlson. I'm Wayne Shepherd. Thanks for being with us in the studio with Michael Card. In the studio with Michael Card is a production of Community Broadcasting and the Moody Broadcasting Network.